Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, and welcome to another uh, episode of Walls Come Tumbling Down Christian Bible Podcast. I'm your host, your encouraging brother, Joshua. And I'm actually going to change my name on this podcast. I have recently uh, become a full-patched member of Kingdom Warriors. So uh, my name there, my, my writing name that's been given to me, and uh, it's really of God, is Preach. So I'm your encouraging brother, Preach. Hallelujah. Um, you know, that is, uh, it's really an honor. I'm really grateful. I've been prospecting with them, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they've they've welcomed me aboard. So I'm officially a, a fully patched member of Kingdom Warriors Motorcycle Club. And I just want to praise and thank God. You know, I never would have thought myself to even be on a motorcycle a couple, uh, not a year ago. I wouldn't have. I had no interest, you know, um, none whatsoever. And so every time I'm riding, I start to think and I'm just like, oh, Lord, you, I, I thank you, Jesus. You're so great. You're so funny. You're so wonderful because God is good. And talking about the works of the Lord, walking with the Lord, thinking about the Lord, uh, it's wonderful. You know what I mean? And then I'm also a part of um, Refuge Biker Church. Uh, and I've seen some biker churches around and you know, they got some on TikTok and I've been to some other ones. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, being in an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is able to just do whatever he wants to do, even when we don't think it's effective or even when we don't think it's not structured and it doesn't look like what we think it should look like. Okay. God is going to fulfill his word. He is going to be faithful. You know, when we don't have faith, uh, it doesn't make the faith of God none effect. He is faithful. He is a good father. He is a loving Lord. And I just praise and thank the Lord for his mercy. I praise and thank the Lord for his love. I praise and thank the Lord for his beautiful, perfect, wonderful, marvelous life. There's life that he puts inside of each of us. He puts his life inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He shed his blood so that we could have this forgiveness and this grace wherein we stand. And um, it's something that we should all talk about. Now, here's another thing. When we are going from church to church to church to church to church to church to church, that's a dangerous thing to do. Because the Lord might call you to one place and you should stay at that place unless there's false doctrine being preached there. And then after you try to, you know, correct them, they don't receive it. Then you shake the dust of your feet off. That is a biblical way to leave a place. It's biblical. And we learn this in Titus where after the first and second admonition, you are to reject a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that such is subverted and sinneth. They're believing false doctrine. So that's a good reason for you to leave that place. Uh, another good reason to leave is if God calls you to someplace else. And typically, when the Lord calls you to someplace else, he's not going to call you from one thing that is, you know, where he wants you to be and then call you to nothing. You know, God wants us to be under the authority of his Holy Spirit, you know, and he wants to make sure that we're at a place 
where we're going to be able to receive from him and grow in him. You should not be the same person that you were one year ago if you're walking with the Lord. If you are walking with the Lord, there should be a change that is taking place in your character and in your theology, in your heart, in how you talk to people and how you address and view certain situations. You, you sh there should not be a repetitious cycle of wandering the desert for 40 years when you're walking with the Lord. There should be growth. There should be fruit and not just fruit of you being more patient to deal with the same trials that you have to deal with again and again. No, because that's not the Lord. That's you being in charge. Your unbelief, your ways cause you to wander and wander and wander and wander and wander and wander and wander. You're just like a demon at that point. Wandering through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Why? Because, uh, you know, the, the children of Israel, let's look at them and let's see what they were doing that caused them not to be able to enter into the rest of the Lord. There is a rest. There is a rest that we are supposed to enter into. And this is the rest from our will, rest from our works. It is a perpetual rest that we enter into as long as we are saved. You know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We will find rest for our souls. Let's go ahead and head on into the book of Hebrews. And we're going to read Hebrews and uh, we're going to start with verse number seven. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your peace, Lord. I thank you for your love and your, your, your spirit, Lord, your blood, Father God, that removes sin from our souls and allows us to enter into the most holy place because of your great namesake, Lord. Because of your great name, we're not consumed. But let us learn to do things the right way now. Let us not continue in wickedness that grace may abound. Let us instead forsake the foolish and live because you are calling us to life. You're calling us to you. You want us to eat from the tree of life, Father God. You want us to sit daily at your gates getting your word so that your anointing can be present in our lives. You don't want us to go about our day until we are able to be in line with you so your anointing can break the yoke of bondage off of our life, Father. So I pray right now, God, that you'll let every single word that's spoken be from you. Let your Holy Spirit, let me not grieve your spirit, Father, but let your Holy Spirit, Father, minister uh, through and through, Father God. I ask it in the name of Jesus. May you be blessed forever, King of the universe. You deserve all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, which... You know, Lord, I was talking to you about it. I don't even know, you know, what's glorious, what's honorable. I'm from the slums of life. <laughs> you know, so the only glory or honor I see anywhere, Lord, is, you know, the closest thing would be celebrities. And they, they're all filthy. You know, all of them are sick. And, um, you know, Lord, so, uh, yeah, so you are glorious, Lord. 
You are honorable, Father God. You are the only one worth praising. There ain't nobody else worth praising but you. And I just thank you, Lord, that I that you let me know that. I thank you because you're good and your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. You delight in showing mercy. And it's your mercy, Lord, to correct us. And I thank you, Father God. Now, please write your word in our heart and in our minds, O oh God. Lord, reveal things, Father God, that I've never heard of or seen um, in your word ever. Reveal them at this precious holy time and bind every distraction. Come against the devil, every thought. Lord, let it become, let it be help brought captive in. And for the person who's out there listening to this podcast, Father, I pray that you bless them for it. And also give them a spiritual increase, Lord God, that they're quicken their souls, Father God, that they might have uh, an abundance of strength because you've given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And Father, I just pray that you make the way straight in all of our minds. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, yamen, hallelujah. Amen, yamen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. All right, so the book of Hebrews, starting with uh, chapter 3, we're going to go to verse number 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As in the day, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. You see, so the first thing I want to point out, if, if you will hear his voice. Folks, sometimes we can shut up our ears. So when the Lord puts you at one place, he's going to put you there so that you can hear his voice clearly because you haven't been listening. And so he's going to put you at a place where you can hear from him. If you hear from him, and now understand this, the Lord is a comforter. He's a great comforter to us. Yes, he is. Uh, but he's not going to comfort us in the flesh. You know, he's not going to comfort us to be more ourselves. He's going to comfort us in the possibility that we are still able to die out to ourselves and be like Jesus. Let Jesus live in and through us. We don't get much of a say of what kind of life we're going to have or what we want to do or think that it's supposed to look the way that we want it to look. You know, because the Lord wants us to yield to him at every turn and be fully surrendered to his will. Only when we are in the will of the Father are we pleasing to God. If not, you know, uh, don't measure your outside circumstance as a way of saying you're right with God. Just because you got a new BMW doesn't mean you're right with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not how you do it. Gain is not godliness. And so you got to be careful of that. And you got to make sure you're listening to what the Lord is saying to you because the Lord is going to speak to you. However, you need to be in position to listen to it because you might ignore the Lord or you might not like what's being said. Like that's what people do now. They don't like what's being said at one place. So they go to the next place and then the next place and then the next place and then the next place, you know, and, and, and mostly, mostly what it is is going from place to place so that you don't have to be under authority of the Holy Spirit or uh, uh, authority of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. You know, God uses governors. He uses pastors. He uses 
teachers. He uses preachers. He uses people that are going to hold you accountable and not just accountable, you know, on your terms, accountable to the calling wherewith you've been called, you know, accountable. And people don't like accountability. They don't like it. You know, or or you want accountability on your terms in some false way where I just say, oh, well, you know, let me tell you, I'll talk, confess this to you when it's time. You know, I'm going to hide all the gory details and I'm going to confess this to you, which you don't need to confess your sin to a man anyway. That's Catholic. Um, that's not what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that at all, actually. And, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Now, if you wrong somebody, then you need to go and you need to tell uh, them you apologize to them or you know if somebody's wronged you you got something in your heart against another person you need to go and get rid of that uh, but it's very important to stay in places like that stay in places where you know that God is going to be able to really work through you and really use you but he can't work through you and he can't use you as long as you're you you have to be a willing vessel. You have to be willing to let the Lord work in you. That means you got to lose out on the things that you want to do for yourself. And you have to let the Lord live his life out in and through your body. You might lose some things that way. You know, he might, he, he, he will, he for sure will change you. And you have to be willing to, to let the Lord change you. Whoever seeks to, uh, whoever loses their life, letting the Lord live out his in and through you, will find it. You'll have eternal life. God will show you your identity in him and not who you just say you are, but you will actually be broken and not just going through difficult, hard, stressful times because again, you but you'll be broken inside. And when you're broken, you're fit for the master's use. You are meat for the master's use. You can be used by God and you will get no glory from it because it will glorify God. You'll be used by God and people won't look at you. They will look at Jesus in you. And it's difficult for ministers because preaching the gospel is such a task within itself. But then also being behind the scenes as God is ministering to your own heart. He's, he's doing a work in us. And that work of the Holy Spirit must never be hindered by our ministry on the outside. And it must never be validated by our ministry on the outside. The work that the Holy Spirit does in our own hearts is the only thing that can possibly justify us before the Lord. Just because people are, you know, uh, in sync with your ministry or people say you're doing a good job, it doesn't mean uh, that you're doing a good job. You have to get the commendation from the Lord. In fact, when everybody is speaking well of you, whoa. And that's not just everybody as in uh, uh, holy people. That's when all the unholy people, when all the people who live just how they want to live with no regard really for what the Bible says or what the will of God is for the day, you know, other than to help them on their own private pattern. 
of wellness and health and wealth and prosperity and give a little bit of their, you know, of their, uh, their great gain. They toss in some, you know, stuff for the poor in the meantime. You know, God is looking for the heart that's going to throw in the two mites. And that doesn't mean just being poor. So there's a lot of covering up of transactions and covering up of, uh, you know, tra you, you, you cover everything that you do to make it look like you are spiritual. Uh, but it's self-seeking. You are serving self. Where is the submission to God's will for your life and then you know what i mean and if you're falling down and you keep having the same type of battle then it could be that you're in this place so perhaps humility to hear the word of the lord to you will get you out of that place so then he says if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't be puffed up and prideful about it. Harden not your heart. As in the, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, verse 9, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, the Lord keeps saving you from all these difficult things. The Lord keeps coming to you and lifting you up out of your situation again and again and again and again. You know that he's God. You know that he's in control. You know that he's the Lord. And then you know that he wants you to do something, but you won't do it. You keep going your own way. And you've been doing that for a long time. And it's time for you to stop doing that because every time you do that, you wind up in this desert place. And God does not want you there. And it's going to take some humility on your part to come out of it, which then once you do, <laughs> you know, to you, it's this big deal to be humble before the Lord. It's this huge thing. But you know what I mean? It's not really that, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You know, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It shouldn't be that big of a deal to be humble. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have missed the mark, brother, sister. We've all missed the mark. You know what I mean? Everybody. That's why we cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, and he saves us, and he puts us on track. He's merciful. Get to know him because then you probably won't want to uh, go the opposite direction when things get wrong. You know, if, if you do something wrong, then you want to go totally left field. You find out you're off. You you don't repent right away. You want to go further in the wrong direction. Listen, God needs us to heal so that he can do the work he wants to do. He, he's, he's building the core right now for the last days. And he needs us all to get on board with what he's doing and not jump ship. Because you keep jumping ship and then what do you got? What fruit do you have? You know, uh, that, 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 is, that is the fruit that the Lord wants to bring in your life. What is it? 
and it's not material things. It's, it's, it should be you. It should be you. How are you different? Verse 10, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err. Look, there it is. They do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways because they're going their own way. You're going your own way and not the Lord's way. And it's hurting you really bad. And so you got to humble yourself so you can listen to the voice of the Lord telling you to come uh, back to him. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Here it is. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Get the whole message here. It's the deceitfulness of sin. When you are at one place and the eyes are on you and the responsibility is there and there's people who are walking in the spirit around you, you know, uh, you, you, you're at a good place because then, you know, you can't hide those shortcomings from the Lord. And so he'll tell people about them and they'll come to you and they'll talk to you about it. And, you know, it's a place to grow and a, and a place to, to, to uh, it's a place to grow and it's a, a place for God to start to really mold your, mold you into his shape, into who he is. You know, it's a cross and we shouldn't get off of it. And so if you're at a place and you hear something, you don't like what the pastor's saying, stay there if it's not false doctrine, just because they don't see the light in you. You know, you, 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 you're after something that's not that the Lord doesn't want for you. You have to accept everything that happens to you. Just accept it. So you don't wander around from wilderness to wilderness, from wilderness to wilderness, from wilderness to wilderness, never receiving what the Lord has from you, uh, for you. You don't receive it. You need to receive it so that you can be changed. Uh, we're supposed to be changed because God wants to work himself in us. He wants to live out his life in and through us, and we have to let him. You know, but if you, you, you got, uh, you know, our consciences, we need to be careful of them. We need to be careful of our conscience. Let our conscience convict us, but then draw us into holiness and, and a changed mind and a changed way. New behaviors. There should be power for you to live a holy life. I want to get to a powerful place in the church. I want the church to be a powerful place. I really want to see people come in and get saved. But I talked about revival before, you know, wondering just how it looks. You know, how does it look? How are people going to, is it going to be, in our church going, is it going to be flooding into the church? Street churches are actually really the thing. You know, um, they're really the thing. You know, but just if you're going down the same 
doors, same things again and again and again and again. Gets, you know, try something different. I had said that before, but you know what? It just... Some people, it just, uh, you know, it's just really going to take a miracle from the Lord, which I believe he'll give, that will cause us to be saved and actually start to serve him and not ourselves. Because that's the problem. Self gets in the way. Self. We get in the way sometimes. And, and, we, and when we get in the way, we don't let the Lord have his way. You know, and the Lord won't force us. And then people continue down there. Then they end up in sin. And then afterwards, the sin is just okay. You know, but they feel bad for a minute, but then have no problem doing it again and again and again. Then you've got sin all up in you. Then you get hardened and then you're turned over to these wishy-washy gospels that don't have any power whatsoever to save. You know, there is no Holy Spirit moving. There is no tongues and an interpretation in the middle of service. You know, people are not getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. People are not able to preach in the Holy Spirit. This is the power I'm talking about. You know what I mean? These, This is the fruit that God is in you of a truth. It's not about that anymore. Now it's just about, you know, self and, you know, making you feel good while you're in your desert still. God wants us to grow from this. God wants us to grow from this. And if we're not growing, it's because we are getting in the way. It's it's pride in us getting in the way. And the prideful part is the fact that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you're not listening to his voice, but hardening yourself, hardening your heart. And it's okay to ask the Lord and say, Lord, am I hardening my heart, Lord Jesus? Am I blocking you from saying what you want to say, Lord God, because I'm hardening my heart? against your voice, the still small voice of the Lord? Am I uh, blocking you out because I don't like something that's going on? Am I worldly still? Do I think of myself the same way I thought of myself before I found Christ, only now I'm a Christian? Am I still the me that I was, but now just Christian, the Christian version of me? Because the Lord doesn't want us to be the Christian version of ourselves. Because that's all our doing. He doesn't want us to be. He wants us to die out. He wants us to be broken. Okay, he wants us to enter this process of leaders above us and people telling us what to do and following the straight and narrow, turning from our sin, praying, uh, crying out for God's mercy, then having responsibility in the Lord and accountability to do the jobs that he wants us to do, regardless to how we feel, not answering again. He wants us to stick with it. So that we could be healed. That's what he wants. And so it's very important for us not to abandon or forsake that process. Whatever it may look like for you. Because, you know, the Lord's voice, he is speaking, folks. 
He is on the move. And it's not just to heal you from your sinful condition. I mean, yes, he forgives us of our sins and sends us on our way, but that's where we're supposed to, that's where it's supposed to be happening. We he've already he's already forgiven the sin. He's already finished the work. Now we have to walk in the work that he has for us. And don't you let anything come in the way of you walking out uh, in the way the Lord wants you to in the work that he has. I thought for sure that I was going to be up at the uh, rehab I was at. And I thought for sure I was going to be there for sure. You know, that was what God wanted for me. But we were in the middle of a worship service after I was up there. And I was, and the bad thing was, is up there, I was teaching myself. You know what I mean? It's teaching myself. And I was just, it was just the Holy Spirit's teaching. You know, it was the Holy Spirit's teaching, which is great for the Holy Spirit to teach. But since I've been coming to the place where I'm at, I've learned so much from actual teachers. You know what I mean? So the Lord has been able to actually put people in my life that are teaching me things, put people in my life that are actually asking me questions and holding me accountable. That, that process is a growth process. And it's not something to be, you know, shunned because it's actually a blessing when people are watching for your soul by walking in the spirit around you. It's a blessing from God to have leadership that is going to be honest with you and authentic with you and uh, direct. You know what I mean? It's powerful. And God is able to do that while you are in ministry as long as you don't go back after he saves you and after he heals you up, then don't don't go back to folly again. That way you don't start trying to destroy the things that God built. Because he's a master builder. He's a wise builder. He knows what he's doing. Let him do it. He wants to do a work in your body. You need to let him, but you need to get out of the way so that he can do that work in your body. And you need to examine yourself to see if it's really being done. All right, so... Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and hop into the psalm of the day right away. And uh, when we come back from the psalm, then we're going to start off in our next book, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I believe we're going to jump into the book of Romans, and we're just going to start reading through Romans. Now, I don't know how far I'm going to get into Romans. Uh, sorry about all that noise in the background. I just got two cats. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be jumping into the book of Romans. And uh, I, again, I don't know how far I'm going to get in Romans uh, before I end, before the season ends. Because Romans is a long book. And we're already on, this is episode 8. Season 1 ended episode 7, I believe. So, um, praise the Lord. I'm just going to keep doing this until, you know, the Lord tells me not to. Um, but, for right, but for right now, we're going to get into the psalm. Then after the psalm, I'll come back on and we'll start the book of Romans. And again, this podcast is good for you if you have a hard time being in your word or if you have a hard time talking about the Lord, having a conversation about the Lord, keeping your mind stayed upon the Lord, maybe put on this podcast and just let it play. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. 
So I might tell some stories like I tell stories sometimes, share pieces of my testimony. But it's a lot of scripture and it's all going to be pointing you to God. And it's a good idea to just have good, uh, holy stuff playing in the background. If you're not the type of person to sit down and, to listen and just listen to preachings. I had a friend send me a preaching the other day on, uh, on brokenness. My friend sent me the preaching and it was awesome because, you know, I love that. Because a whole it was a whole hour long message from Charity Gospel Tape Ministries, Charity Ministries, uh, you know, and it was just a beautiful message. And so uh, I'm ho I hope, friend of mine, um, Chris, I hope I can get you on this podcast and share your testimony, man. That would be pretty, pretty, pretty powerful. Uh, so I hope you'll do that. But anyways, um, I, I will listen to a message somebody sends me, you know. I'll listen to a message. Nowadays, people only don't, li they don't listen to whole messages sometimes. You know, just little ones. I had someone else send me a message uh, about letting Satan have a seat at your table. I think that brother meant it, you know, I don't know how that brother meant, you know, when he was sending it. I don't think we received the same things from it. Uh, but, you know, praise the Lord, I still listened to it and I was still edified by the message. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of the, the, the motive behind it. The Bible says where the Christ is preached of uh goodwill or if it's of contention you know christ is preached so we can rejoice i am going to rejoice at the hearing of the gospel people have tested me about this before too they'll start preaching something and then look over at me because they're still judging my past sins because they're carnal and of the devil you know what i mean and so they're gonna just look over at me like well i'm gonna go ahead and say this now even though you know brother <laughs> And it's like, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit did not want you to say what you're saying because, you know, you can tell sometimes when the Lord is just like, mm, chill. well, I can tell. I can tell. You know what I mean? Because uh, I typically don't let, let, it, let it get that far. You know what I'm saying? If the Lord starts to convict my heart about something, I'm going to be grateful for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for it. I'm going to pray to the Lord, Lord Jesus, show me, search my heart, Lord. Is there anything in between me and you, Lord? Is there anything on my soul right now, Lord Jesus? I'm sure there probably is, but I don't know what it is because that's how wicked I am. I don't even know what it is, Lord, but, but please show me. Or, you know, the other day I actually, uh, I did, I accused someone of being high. I was, I was helping them in a situation, talk to their landlord of sorts and uh you know just their demeanor during this conversation as well as you know their history in this situation it vexed me and it was kind of a trigger for me and I was like man like you know you got to stop this you know you got to stop living like this you got to stop it you know and I was like I you know and I and I know it's difficult but this this person also was facing homelessness with their children you know and I was like mm Mm -mm. you can't you can't do that you know you gotta somebody somebody needs to tell you that you're about to you're about to lose your your kids are going to be out on the street you know so anyway so i said and i was like you know what i was like you can't be using and apparently they're not using they're just on methadone and they just like uh what is it somebody else said that they just they like people to do stuff for them so long story short you know they 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 I didn't 100% know that this person was high and using, even though they very clearly act like it, even in that moment, 
you know, and I actually, I'm, I do believe, you know, that they definitely uh, have, were, were, you know, they could have, I think they were high either before then or coming down. I'm not sure what they did. Long story short, I still felt like, you know what, I should not have made that assumption about them. And, um, you know, then I, I was, I had that thought when I saw them, but then I heard the message preached and somebody talked about, you know what I mean? Like just be, being wrong and, and having that heart that if you do wrong somebody, you go over and say something to them. And I wasn't all the way sure, but you know, that's, that's humility. I might've said something or done something to you that, that, that could have been offensive. So because of that, I don't want you to have offense because of me at all. So I'm going to come over to you and I'm going to apologize for what I said. Even if I, even if I didn't need to, I'm still going to do it. You know what I mean? The Lord judged between me and that person. And so uh, I did though. I went over and I was like, you know what? I just want to apologize to you. And they were like, you know, that actually hurt my feelings when you suggested that about me. And I was like, you know, I, I am definitely sorry about that. I'm so sorry. Um, do you forgive me? And they were like, yep, I forgive you. And I was like, okay, amen. Praise the Lord. And that's that. You know what I'm saying? That's that. It doesn't make them bad. It doesn't make me bad. It's 70 times 7. That means I can offend you that number of times or at least close to it. You know what I'm saying? And just let God work. You know, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? That is a beautiful thing that we can go to each other. If we offend each other, you can go to somebody and say, you know what? This is what I said and it was wrong. But you know how many people since I've gotten saved have come up to me and said all kind of stuff and it was so offensive to me. And I look back at it now and if I would actually tell people, if I would actually get on this mic and be like, guess what such and such said to me? Can you believe it? And not even that, but like then this person said this, they would look at you You'd be like, what? What? You could see the carnality's real. You know, but people have just been unbridled and they've said all kind of stuff to me. But, you know, I have had none of them come up to me and be like, you know, I am very sorry for the horrible things that I said to you. And, um, hey, man, praise the Lord. You know, I, I didn't go over because, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, well, you know, I just, I just, I saw them in a place and uh, I just, you know, I wasn't there. So, you know, I could handle it. So, uh, but still, my point is, you know, if they did come over, I would say, well, you know, amen, praise the Lord. We all go through things. Hallelujah. I would have forgiven them anyway. So it doesn't even matter. Maybe they knew that. And that's, a, they're like, well, I'm not going to ask forgiveness from this guy because, you know, he was already done forgiving me, which that's very unbiblical to do. <laughs> That's very unbiblical to do, but maybe that's what they did. And um, I just really praise and thank the Lord that, you know, he's laid down a statute for us to forgive one another. And then I also praise and thank the Lord that I'm getting to live these scriptures out. You know, I can tell stories about myself, not to talk, um, you know, evil of people, because speaking evil is speaking stuff that's false. That's speaking evil. I'm speaking the truth of stuff that happened. I'm testifying. I'm bearing a witness to what I've seen and what my experience has been. And uh, hallelujah. And so, you know, um, I praise and thank the Lord that I've had these experiences within the scriptures because this, that, that helps 
build my faith. And that's why I love hearing people talk about their walks with God. I love it. Because when you talk about your walk with God, then it builds my faith. You know, there's one thing for me to just read Bible and just listen to the Bible or listen to a message. That's one thing. And that's very edifying. It's very beautiful. But when I hear somebody having a conversation and they just know about the Lord, they know the Lord. I was in service tonight and somebody said that. She said, she said, I know the Lord. I don't just know about the Lord. I know the Lord. Hallelujah. And then she started praying in the spirit and answered some of my prayers. <laughs> the Lord answered, gave me answers to some of my prayers right there and then, you know, so I love that God is moving in the hearts and minds of his body, his people. I love it so much. And we can all be a part of it. And I really do believe the church needs to start to break down the walls and start to, you know, come together in things, in doctrine. Start apologizing to one another. Start being open and honest about your feelings with one another. That's why I'm so glad I got this podcast because I can get on here and just talk. And everybody knows that I do this podcast that knows me. So if they ever hear something that, you know, they don't like or they hear me talking about something and they're curious or they, you know, got want to come tell me something, they the door has been open since I started putting it and made it public. You know what I mean? And I praise and thank the Lord. I want to have a Samuel testimony by the end of my life. I want to be like, which of you have I accepted a bribe from? Which of you have I defrauded? You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. Maybe if we had more uh, ministers like that, then there would be, you know, we would there'd be more unity within our body because there really needs to be unity in the body of Christ. You know, we need to all speak the same thing. We really do. We need to speak the same thing. We need to get on board and stop running away from the man of God just because he tells you something you don't like to go someplace else and hear it, hear, hear a different word. Stop doing that. You know, you missing out on a work of God, it's, uh, it's judgment on you. You know, there was this one guy who, you know, he fell on some hard times. And so he let the uh, church use some of his things but when times got hard after he stopped going he took his things out of the church and it was such they were in such an important place and they were so consistently used that i said man you just removed this uh these things from the church i'm like bro do you know what you're doing you know what i mean Amen. He that hath ears to hear, uh, let him hear. You know, the Lord is merciful in ways we don't even know, but we need to be careful to be with the Lord. Otherwise, he'll take that. That mercy gets taken away. You know what I mean? That mercy gets taken away. And we don't want that. We want to be walking in the mercy of the Lord. All right. So here we go. Let's listen to today's psalm. And then uh, we're going to jump into the book of Romans. Praise the Lord. Psalm 6 from the Aramaic O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled my soul also troubled exceedingly but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, and 
and deliver my soul. Save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In Sheol, who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groanings, and every night I water my bed and wash my mattress with my tears. My eye is weakened because of anger, and I am troubled by all my enemies. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord has received my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and defeated. Let them turn back and be destroyed suddenly. Praise the Lord. That was Psalm 6. And whenever I do these Psalms, I'm always reading out of the uh, George M. Lamsa translation of the Aramaic of the Peshitta. Um, so you're getting to hear this in Aramaic, which is awesome. Well, the English translation of the Aramaic anyway, which is awesome. And you can pick up that book on Amazon for like um, maybe 12 bucks. It might be a little bit more expensive now. The prices fluctuate. Once I saw they were not available on Amazon, then they were available again, then it was super expensive, then super cheap. So get the things that we have here in Babylon because America is Babylon in these last days, which means Babylon will fall, folks. And remember, they say Babylon is fallen, is fallen. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's happened. That's going to happen. You know, Babylon will fall. Babylon will fall. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's all right if it falls because we know that we are safe in the Lord Jesus. We know that he is good and that his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And uh, I'm so grateful to God for his mercy. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our next book. And we're going to be in the book of Romans, which is a great book. It's actually pretty deep. Romans is very deep. It's in the back with the epistles, but it is that is a heavy book. Um, beautiful book, full of gems. So I'm going to do my best uh, as we go through here, you know, just to be diligent and talk about the things that I feel the Spirit of the Lord is leading me to talk about. Um, ideally, you will have your Bible out and you will be following along as, uh, as I, um, you know, as I uh, read this, you get your Bible out and you follow along with me as I uh, as I dive into this uh, to this book. Follow along with me and hopefully we'll be able to be edified together because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I could be a rapper. I'm just kidding. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So this is going to be the epistle of Paul, the apostle to the Romans. Chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Um, I like that that's what we are. You know, we are separated unto the gospel of God. We were attached to our old life and our old ways. And we were attached to the our own our own wants and desires and expressions 
and we were attached to our own selves, our own life, but now we are separated from those things, and we have been separated from those things onto the gospel of God. Hallelujah. You know, that's wonderful. Verse 2, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The gospel of Jesus Christ that we believe in is the gospel that was, it's the good news that was promised to the Israelites and to the prophets. He promised it by his prophets. It was the spirit of Christ that was in them, all testifying that Jesus would come, that Jesus would be the Messiah to redeem all of mankind, to redeem God's chosen people, which are the, 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 which are going to be the only version of humanity that is in heaven, in the new Jerusalem. Those are the chosen people of God, not the Jews after the flesh. I mean, it started off with them, but now God has gone to the Gentiles. And us Gentiles love the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we become spiritual Jews. And so, uh, amen, praise the Lord. So so God is, uh, it's it's our time now. And we, we are the chosen people now. Christians are the chosen people of God uh, because Christians are the real Jews. Jews are not Jews based on the flesh. Jews are Jews based on what the, the work of the Holy Spirit that's been done in their hearts. That is a Jew. Hallelujah. Which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Concerning, verse 3, his son Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So as far as his lineage goes, Jesus' lineage is, uh, Jesus is a direct descendant of King David. Fantastic. That's the operation of God. So that's why he's saying that according to, this, according to the flesh. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. God was, Jesus was raised up from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit, spirit of holiness. The spirit of holy God was able to bring Jesus' body up because there was no sin on his soul. And he rose up from the dead wherein he was declared to be the Son of God with power. So if you have Jesus in your heart, you have the Son of God with power living inside of you. You got to tell yourself those things. You know what I mean? You got to tell yourself those things so that you can remind yourself of who you serve because the devil comes to take our identity away. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come to be our redemption. He is our life. He is our healer. He is our helper. He is our God, and he's got power. And if he lives inside of you, then you also will have power. It is Holy Spirit power to obey the Lord. It is Holy Spirit power to look away from sin. It's Holy Spirit power to cast down imaginations and high things uh, in your mind that are against God. It's Holy Spirit power to turn from your antichrist demonic ways. The Son of God with power living in your heart, with power in your heart. That's beautiful. 
Verse 4 again, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness. This power is in accord, it's according to the Spirit of holiness. It's power to make you holy. You understand? It's an agreement. That's God's power. It's, it's, it's the, it is His Word. The Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. Obedience to the Word of God. It's the power of God unto salvation, folks. By the resurrection from the dead. will also be raised up from the dead. Verse 5. By whom we have received grace and apostleship. For what? For fun? No. For obedience to the faith among all nations. For his name. Right? The reason why we're Christians is so that we can obey the faith, that we have apostles so that they can help us to obey the faith. It's all for obedience. This power, this grace is for our obedience. Do you understand? We have received grace and some apostleship, but it's for the obedience to the faith. Grace is not just for forgiveness of sin, but it's also for empowerment. It is for our empowerment according to the spirit of holiness that now lives inside of us, which is the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, right? This is the power of God that's going to allow us to shun things, the evil that we cleave to. You know, there is one circumstance where we're able to turn away from evil of our own accord. But there is another circumstance where it is required from the Lord in us that we need the Lord's help. We absolutely cannot do it in our own strength. And we must have the divine intervention of the Holy Spirit in order to push us away from the evil and in to the love of God, which is the keeping of his commandments among the wonderful beauty of his perfect love for us. You know, within that is the keeping of God's commandments. And so we need God's power to push us into that. And, uh, you know, so that's where we would cry out. You know, we could do such and such and such and such and such on our own, but then we will need the power of God inside of us to push us away and change us from the inside out so that we no longer desire the evil, unclean thing, but that we desire the righteous, loving, what pleases God thing. That's the important part. That's where salvation happens to the believer. Salvation comes when you no longer desire that evil thing, but when you truly desire a clean life, living free, living true, walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, walking after his way, following the Lord. You want to cleave to him. That's salvation. That's the beautiful process. That's this wonderful grace that wherein we stand. Verse 6, wherein we stand in this grace, among whom ye are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. We are the called of Jesus Christ. If this is a desire, if the spirit of, that raised Jesus from the dead 
lives inside of you, then you are called of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're in these last days. We are all called to be witnesses unto the glory of God, which means you need to be out there telling people about Christ. Don't just be waiting to see who shows up to church. Witness. Bring people in. Go out there. I once just drove around in a van and I went to go pick up somebody and they, they didn't tell me that they weren't coming. Even though they didn't answer my call, I still drove to their house anyway because I was like, or where they were living. I was like, look, I need, I'm picking you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then when I saw them, they were like, oh, well, I'm not going. And I'm like, okay, well, all right. So then I, you know, kind of drove around a little bit and I was going to try and find people to bring them to church. And, hey, you want to come to church? I mean, I know it looks kind of creepy if I pull up in a big old van and I'm like, you want to come to church? But it says a church name on, on the side of the van. So that should alleviate some. Uh, concern, but more importantly, you know what? When the Spirit of God is there, uh, people will come. I didn't have a chance to really talk to anybody. I just kind of yelled at some homeless people that were sitting on the side of the curb. I said, "Hey, you want to come to church?" And the girl says, "No." The guy was sitting there next to her. They were just sitting in the grass on the side of the road with the sign that says, "Anything helps." Anything except for a ride to church. Now, if they would have come to church, I probably would have been like, hey, you know, once you're at church, maybe how can we help you out? But, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to be bribing people into church. I once had a friend that's no longer my friend, but I said uh, I told her that if she came to church, I was I was just really getting, you know, this is this was a learning experience for me. But I told her if she came to church, I would pretty much pay her rent for her. <laughs> and so at the end of the message after she came to church I said well do you want to get saved you know do you want to give up your life of sin you want to serve the Lord now and she said absolutely not absolutely not no I don't <laughs> she really just came you know for her rent uh, she didn't care about the Lord at all but then she told me that her sister had a vision of hell you know, and changed her whole life. Her sister used to be a really bad drug addict and then had a vision of her being in hell. And she said, actual hell, fire and everything. And uh, then after that, she got clean and sober and her life is totally together. And this girl had been through all kind of rehabs and stuff. This was ongoing for years. But you know, the fear of the Lord will make a man depart from evil or a woman or person depart from evil. Praise the Lord. So that's wonderful. Um, you know, amen. So if you have the spirit of Jesus Christ inside of you, then you are the called. You are called into this glorious gospel by the voice of the Holy Spirit. So don't harden your heart. If you hear the Lord calling you, get serious with God because things are about to be destroyed. Okay, the world is coming crumbling down. You know what I mean? America, Babylon is going to fall. And so we got to prepare ourselves for where we're going to be and you you know for what you're about to be changed into because you know people will find excuses to take the mark of the beast just like they are finding excuses to continue in sin you know it's not going to be a new battle this is the battle praise the lord verse 7 to all that be in rome beloved of god called to be saints. We're not called to be sinners saved by grace. We're called to be saints. Okay? We we are sinners who have been saved by grace. But now we're not supposed to be sinners anymore. Now we're sons of God. 
Now we're beloved of God. Now we are saints. We're called to be saints. So when your mindset is that I'm just a sinner saved by grace, so you'll probably chomp up, eat, eat up some sin when it comes to your door. Uh, excuse me for the sound effects, but that's just, you know, that's what you'll probably do. So if your mindset, let me read this verse again. This is verse 7, Romans chapter 1, verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Called to be saints. So if you feel like you're just a sinner who is saved by grace, then when sin comes knocking at your door, you're going to open it up and, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace anyway. You know, but there's a whole other part of that. Yes, we're sinners. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. But now the grace of the salvation of the Lord has appeared, teaching us that uh, the grace of God has appeared, teaching us that denying worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, justly in this present evil world. This is a calling from God. Salvation is the call of God for us to be saints, for us to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, for us to be led of the Spirit, for us to be beloved, for us to be holy, a holy priesthood. Nobody says, well, I'm just a holy priesthood saved by grace. You know, because when your mindset is that, that you are called to be a saint, that you are called to be holy, that you, are, that you have the power of God into salvation if you believe that Jesus Christ is living inside your heart, if that's your mindset, you're more likely to shun things that disagree with that part, with, with, with your identity in that regard. You understand? That's why it's important what you believe. That's why Jesus also said, take heed how you hear, you know, because there's a foundation that's laid and it's repent and believe the gospel. You know, you got to want you now you got to walk the straight and narrow line of repentance and believing. You can't be the same as you were before. Okay, let's move on. First, Paul says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Hallelujah. When I hear of somebody doing well in Jesus and serving the Lord, I am just grateful to hear about it. When I see pictures on, of people on Facebook and they're doing well and they're serving the Lord, I'm like, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, this is verse 8. I'm going to actually stop here because uh, running into time and I want to share something special with you. So we got through eight verses. That's good. Praise the Lord. Now, remember, God is a supernatural God. And uh, I've got this next testimony is a great testimony. This testimony comes from uh, my mother who cast the demons out of me and uh, also had a vision at the same time as me. But God has worked many miracles in the lives of my relatives, in my life, and, pe and people that I'm in contact with that I know. And so I'm going to try and get as many people to share their stories on this podcast as possible because uh, it's wonderful to hear what God is doing. And this testimony is very supernatural. 
and um, I let it trail on a little bit, but I, I want you to listen to this carefully, okay? This is a supernatural testimony, and it's the piece of another testimony. So I actually just cut this out just so you could hear just this snippet. I'm going to let it play. Um, praise the Lord. God, I hope you guys enjoy this. It's very supernatural, but God is on the move all over. Praise the Lord. Here we go. You were rescued from the Pacific Ocean. Real quick, give me the rundown. <laughs> I've been asking her to tell me the story oh on camera God. for a while. And uh, now here it is. So go okay, ahead. Tell me the story. Here it is. I would have to be about 12 years old. My family, we lived in California and we went to Manhattan Beach. My mother, car load full of kids. Um, some people from our apartment complex we were good friends with. That We all just went to the beach. And there was, you know, we were we were in church. We were we were all saved and everything. So we knew who Jesus was. I think I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 11. And um, we didn't know my mother was having a prayer meeting while we were pl pr playing in the ocean. So this was on the sand. My grandmother, her mother, had other kids with her, Yeah, right? she had the great, she had her grand. So we're the daughters. Mm -hmm. She had our older sister's grandkids and her young, my younger sister. And she had buried her cigarettes and they're having church and a prayer meeting on the sand while we're playing in the beach. And we saw the signs that so said I'm danger. About to say real quick, so my, my grandmother was smoking cigarettes, and she's always been a woman who walks in faith, and she's always, you know, just kind of, she's walked with God. And so God at that moment dealt with her. Yes, and she took her cigarettes and buried them in the sand and then gathered all the children around on the and shore. They, all to the pray. kids helped her cover up the cigarettes, and they were all praying. I've heard this story before quite a bit. You can tell. <laughs> I love it. So, um,. So yeah, we ignored the signs. We saw the signs that said, do not go past this, po this post. There's these buoy things that float in the water, but the tide was so strong, we ignored the signs. And in the ocean, it goes this way, it goes to a slant. So we're bouncing and playing and diving in the waves and diving in the waves. And at some point, I got ready to go back in because I'm tired. And I turned around and I looked and we were so far out that I could not see the people on the beach. Hmm. We had gone beyond the point where any uh, pedestrians or people were supposed to go. And I went under to touch the bottom of the ocean to walk in, you know. And I kept going down further and further, and I could not reach it. And that's when panic set in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're out here. We're going to die. Um, another girl that was with us, she realized how far out we were. And right away, she called on Jesus and swam straight through. She swam through the current. She swam, and she swam straight, which to, yeah. is a miracle in itself because in the ocean, everything goes to a slant. But the fact that she was able to swim straight in, that was a miracle in itself. So um, we're screaming, and there was another friend of the family with us. Her name was Donna. Donna was six months pregnant. She was about 19 or 20. And so it was just me and Donna out there. And we're screaming, Jesus. And I would scream, not Jesus, we're screaming help. We're screaming for help. And every time I would scream, Donna later said she would scream, but she would wait on me because she talked me into going out there. And she said that if I stopped screaming and died, she was just going to go ahead and, and die. So in our heads, we both could hear her mother saying, I don't even know where she came from because her mother was not out there. But we could hear her mother saying, don't call for help, call for Jesus. Call for Jesus. And at this time also. Oh, the helicopter. So yes. at this time, LaSharon 
has gotten to the shore and she let the lifeguards know what the happened. The one who swam straight through. Yes. Yes. And she found a man with one arm. Mm-hmm. And the man with one arm was waving the one arm with her trying to get some help. And so they got some help. And if you looked above us, there were helicopters. There was a helicopter spinning around and he kept dropping these big, huge orange floaters for us to grab. But they were so far from us. Like we, we saw him dropping them, but there's no way um, we could have gotten to the floaters. And so at the same time, we heard their mother, Mary, say, don't call for help. Call for Jesus. So I'm screaming, Jesus, and Donna screaming, Jesus. So we were kind of like, I would scream it, she would scream it, and we screamed it. And I think maybe about my fourth time saying Jesus, bam, angel, huge, bright, beautiful. I couldn't make out his face, but the water only came to his waist. He was standing there, and he had to be big because I had tried to touch the bottom of the ocean and couldn't. So when you're in the water, you know that you can't just raise the water out to only touch your waist unless you're walking on the bottom. So this angel was huge and he was beautiful and he was bright and he took his hand and touched the very tip of my elbow and instantly I was on my knees on the shore, in the sand, on my knees. And Donna said that her angel laid her on her back and put his hands up under her back because she's pregnant. And instantly she was on her back on the sand on the beach. So we had to flag down the lifeguards and tell them, wait, come back. Here we are. Here we are. And the Sharon had to tell them these are the people. And then then the helicopter, we were gone. There was no more people in the water. And it just, it was amazing. Podcast over. Repent and believe the gospel. That is powerful. (laughs) That's powerful. That's powerful. It was was amazing. That's powerful. So God has been working. You've seen the hand of God throughout your life. My entire life. life. Yes. My and entire And you've also life. had other experiences where you've seen... Demons. Yes. Yes. So God has allowed me to see both sides of the spiritual realm. He's allowed me to see the holy side of it and his glory and his beauty. And he's allowed me to see the demonic side of it, which is ugly and and typically scary. But I think because I started seeing the demonic side of it at such a young age... Mm-hmm. The sight of demons at an older age don't scare me. Yes, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. And I've heard other stories, and we'll have to get other stories. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because there's a lot of them where she's see. So God has opened your eyes even before you were per se walking with even before you were walking with God. You still were sometimes able to see the spiritual side of things. Is that correct? Yes, I was not walking with God. All right, praise the Lord. So I stopped it there because uh, I wanted that to trail a little bit into her talking about being able to see the demons, uh, demonic things and just just spirits, et cetera, et cetera, even after, you know, even if you're not walking with the Lord. So when the Lord gives you a here's the deal. When the Lord gives you a gift, right, like he gives you a gift of discernment or he gives you a gift of prophecy, you know, a gift of tongues, when he gives you that gift, uh, if you don't serve him, he doesn't take that gift away. And so if you've got sin in your life, you'll still be able to operate in your gift. You'll still be able to use your gift. However, if you use your gift in sin, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's divin- It's rebellion. And we know from Samuel that rebellion is witchcraft. So you are, if you are if you are prophesying in your gift, but you will have sin in your life, then it's divination. 
If you are prophes, if you are d- using discernment, then it's divination. It's witchcraft. You are operating. You are a you're a witch. Ain't that something? It's a double-edged sword, folks. So you know that's why you need to sit down, get out of ministry. If you've got sin in your life that you're indulging in, not to say we won't be struggling because we do have struggles. We all have struggles. However, how you address and deal with those struggles, it determines, it it speaks volumes as to who you are in Christ. If you're the person who just covers it up and, uh, you know, just it doesn't mean much to you. Or if you're the person who says you're weeping and broken over it, but, uh, you know, you won't do anything at all to try to change. You know what I'm saying? So you say you're weeping and broken over your sin, but you won't do it for one minute. So uh, I got to give an example. So, you know, I once knew a man who kept having an issue with um, fornicating. And so I said, you know what? Why don't you stop ministering to the specific uh gender that you are fornicating with well it was a man who's he was fornicating with a woman with different women i said you know he's he's going to minister to them but he sleeps with them and i was like why don't you stop doing that stop stop ministering to women and you know as broken as he'd be over the sin he'd just go back well no i'm not gonna do that what you you mean to tell me if your hand is causing you to fin you're not gonna chop it off these examples that I'm giving and I'm doing so in a vague way so that the lesson of this example can be can be uh, learned, you know, because that's what I saw. What are you willing to do to get the sin out of your life? And I measure myself up with this very same thing. If there's something rebellious in me, like, for example, me needing to apologize to that lady, I could have been very, very, very prideful and not done that. But and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, but I've prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't want to be a prideful person. And then this situation pops up in my life and I say, oh, wow. Now, if I don't apologize to that woman, this is me taking a step in the direction of being a prideful person. But if I do apologize to this woman, this is me agreeing with my confession, with my actions, saying I don't want to be a prideful person. Let me walk in the other direction now, which is going humbling myself before her and apologizing, which really is not humbling myself in front of her. You know what I mean? Man, I can be wrong and so can she. And we can offend each other. We shouldn't, but that will happen sometimes. And if it does, the test is will you either uh, ask for forgiveness, forgive, or will you go and tell uh, the person and say, hey, guess what? You know, you. I don't want a bitterness in me, so I'm going to go ahead and just walk up and make sure that this is smoothed over or you know maybe if somebody offended you maybe they have a problem with you so that's another reason to go over and be like hey do you, what's your problem with me i just want to solve it and figure this out because you know what salvation isn't about you and it's not about me it's about jesus and i am feeling something and i need to be put to death in this area and so i don't want to feel nothing anymore and i need you to help me resolve this because it has something to do with you there ain't nothing wrong with that folks you know but how bad do you want to be broken how bad do you want the lord 
to do his will in you. How bad do you want heaven? Do you want the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, to be living in you? Because he said, if your hand is causing you a fin, chop it off. Well, that's metaphorical. Hello? No, it's not. Number one, I don't believe. But number two, this is also <laughs> metaphorically speaking. I mean, come on. You know, if you say that you don't want to do this, well, guess what? You know what? You're saying, hey, I really don't want to smoke crack, but every day I go down into the dope den and I just sit there and I say, but I don't want to smoke crack. Bro, sis, yes, you do want to smoke crack. You're just saying that you don't want to smoke crack because you're deceived and you're lying to yourself because your actions Show that you don't. Why? Because you keep doing it? No, because you won't take steps to not do it. Take steps to not do it. Well, I tried to take this step and I tried to take this, but I do it anyway because you're taking, because you're not listening to the Lord. You're in control and God wants you to surrender to him. You know what I mean? There's one thing I've learned is, is nobody has a situation where there is just no answer whatsoever. It's no reason. It's a mystery. There's just no answer to the sin problem that you have. Let me be specific. There's no answer. And that's not true. That's always a lie. Every time somebody has told me that, it's always a lie. And sometimes they don't like me because I spell it out very clearly because that's what I would want somebody to do for me. You know, and I also know that that's what the Lord wants me to do. You know, so we are have to we have to answer to the Lord for what we say to people about people. Period. The Lord wants to hear us speaking, you know, speaking good things, speaking the things that become sound doctrine. He wants us to uh, reprove, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but reprove them. So it's all good, folks. This is good to do. You know, it's good to do, and so. Uh, I, I'm glad that her testimony, that testimony is such a powerful testimony, you know, talking about angels, seeing them, talking about demons, seeing them, because this world is flooded with angels and demons all over. And the angels and demons are constantly trying to get you to either serve the Lord or serve the devil. Well, the angels are, you know, in obedience to God and assistance with us, but the demons are flying around trying to get you to sin. They just want to get you to sin. You know, Satan is our enemy. He can't make God go to hell, but he can make us go to hell. You know, and so um, I went to go see this movie Nefarious that came out. And I went to see it in theaters. And you know what? For a person who really doesn't believe in demons or who doesn't really see the spirituality of the world that we live in, it's a good, they do a really good job of painting a picture, a little overpainting, but they paint the picture to show you how, what it would look like if demons were in control of the world, which they are. So they basically give you a very good painting of, 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 of this, uh, of the world, of the current state of things. Um, I do recommend it, but I would, I, it was a good movie, but it's one I, I'd only watch one time. I don't think I ever want to watch that ever again. Um, but amen. So praise the Lord. Well, um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and stop here as much as I'd like to keep going in the book of Romans. Uh, it's going to get so good that I'm going to wait and save this, uh, for the next message. 
So uh, we've heard a lot here, you know, today, and I've said a lot today. Um, I think the big takeaways are to be humble, to listen to the voice of the Lord, and also get around, listen, get around people that are going to be honest with you. Not people, if you if you say, oh, I don't want to be judged, I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't want nothing to do with you because the Bible clearly tells us all the time to judge ourselves with the word of God. And it also says to judge each other with the word of God. But don't judge based on your own judgment because you're not supposed to judge another man's servant. So with what you think, the sound of someone's voice or according to their sins that they're no longer committing or, you know, by how they look, you know. It's a lot of individuals that are, uh, you know, there is uh, it, sometimes people still bring their mm, mind, their worldly mindsets into the church of Jesus Christ. They're the same person that they were in the world. It's just now they've got Jesus sprinkled all on them. You know what I mean? That's not salvation. It's a dangerous place to be. That's a person who's not seeking the Lord. If you are seeking the Lord, God is going to change. He is going to change who you are. He's going to change who you are. Thoroughly. You know, I was I, I look at old pictures of me and I look at my old Snapchat and man, like, you know, the person that I was, man. Uh and uh, I just praise and thank the Lord for his mercy. If God is able to change my heart, he can change anybody's heart. That's why I'm like, no excuse. You know what I mean? Uh-uh. The God I believe in is not weak. He did it for me. He can do it for you. There's no difference. Except maybe I was worse off. You know what I mean? But, but the Lord is moving. And he moved mightily. Every time he saves a soul, every time somebody prays and asks Jesus to come in their heart, the Lord does a mighty move. Now we got to be patient with people because people sometimes continuously choose the wrong thing for themselves again and again. And so we got to be patient. We got to help them to learn how to do the right thing. But, you know, uh, no, 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 no. We should never start giving in to a gospel that isn't praising Jesus for the work that he has already done. Look at what he's done. You know, look at what he's done. So call out to the Lord Jesus. Call out to God and say, Lord Jesus, I really, really, really need to hear your voice, Father God. I need to hear from you. I'm going to go to church, Lord Jesus, not so I can be seen or so I can talk to somebody or so I can rub elbows or so I can do this or that or whatever somebody would go to church for. I have no idea. The only reason I want to go to church is to hear from God. You know what I mean? I want to hear from the Lord. I don't want to go to church just to, you know. <laughs> if I was worldly, I'm telling you, that's not the place to socialize. I'm sorry. Um, you know, but praise the Lord. Amen. I want to hear about God. So pray to the Lord and, and, and call on him and tell him, Lord, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear from you, Lord. I want you to talk to me so I can know what, what I need to do in my life or where I need to be in my life. I really want you to talk to me. Listen, the Lord will answer you. He will give you an answer for sure. He is not a dead God. He's alive, a living God. He is the living God. He will give you an answer. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do. 
He'll tell you exactly where you need to go. He'll take care of you. He's very wonderful. He's very wonderful. Get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus Christ. Give him a chance to really show you how genuine and true and kind and loving and merciful and powerful and frightening he is and why you will love those attributes about your God as you worship him in spirit and you worship him in truth. He is worthy. He is absolutely worthy. And uh, the last thing I'm going to say is, folks, go to church. Go to church. Don't stop going to church. Don't just say, well, I'm going to take a break this Sunday. No. To do what? To sit at home? I'm going to stop going to go to church where I know my spirit is going to be stretched and I'm going to be having to walk and talk and move in the Lord. Don't just be like, well, no, I'm going to stay at home and be idle or I'm going to stay at home and just feed my flesh. I'm going to do something fleshly. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray for an hour or for 30 or 20 minutes. I'm not going to seek the Lord. I'm not going to have to raise my hand. I'm not going to have to sit through worship songs. I'm just going to relax. No one is being called to that right now. And if you stop going to one church, then go to another church. Probably at that same time or at least on that same day. You know what I mean? Don't just act like you're so spiritually above every other principle and every other person in the world or uh, in the church that you get to just be put on a hiatus. You know. Let's shun all the responsibility we can so it's quiet. It's easier to walk away. Don't do that. That's not all right. That's wrong. That's the wrong thing to do is to leave and to do nothing, you know, on that day, you know, help yourself out of that thinking and go ahead and make sure that you just stop and don't be not going to church because, oh, I'm tired. Oh, oh my kids this. Oh, I can't go to church because, you know, it's too far of a drive. <laughs> Listen. Go to church so God can and make, make, make room for the Lord in your life. Make room for the Lord in your life. Or if you don't want to go to church, have a Bible study. Do a Bible study for an hour at that time in your house. Do it in your, in your house consistently. And make sure that you are, you know, uh, make sure that you're not preaching false gospels or, 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 or doing stuff that's not of the Lord. And actually, you probably shouldn't have your own Bible study if you're just walking out of stuff. You need to probably go to another Bible study where there's going to be people who are biblical and telling you the truth. And, and, and you're going to be walking in the calling that God has for you, for real. And not, you know, not just uh, wandering the desert for 40 years. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and nothing will be able to bother you. That's how I've been doing it. When all these people say stuff to me and it bothers me, everything they say, I just get close to the Lord. Get close to the Lord and the Lord will protect you from being uh, so hurt. He'll protect you because somebody says something to me and, and they've been saying stuff to me for weeks. They've been sending me a little stuff and. It's like, ah, whatever. I just let it go. But then finally I decided to say something to him. Like, all right, listen up, Chuck. And I basically just called him out on it. But, you know, then they, of course, act like they didn't, you know, mean it. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, uh, God bless you. 
Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is most certainly speaking. God bless you. This is uh, Joe Barnes. This is the gospel. It's probably one of the best gospel songs I've heard. It's by Joel Barnes. This is the gospel. Fashioned us from the dust And since our existence There's only been one mission For you to commune with us And then came the garden We became the fallen Sin made us lose our way Oh, but the love that's too good to give up Set a course for amazing grace This is the gospel this is the good news tell everybody how he saved you this is the gospel come hear the good news tell everybody there's a god that loves you or how he loves you there's a god that loves you or how he loves you there's a god that loves you came the savior was born in a manger raised up to ransom us healing the blind raising dead back to life all the signs of his perfect love and there on the cross how he paid every cost he defeated death hell and grave and on that third morning the stone started
Hallelujah.